It can't be that bad, oh, 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 it can't be that bad. Finally. Hey. Welcome <laughs> to my ghetto setup, dude. Bro, I'm so happy to be here. This is dope. I Thank you. Thank you. And I'm so happy that you're here. And what a crazy occasion. We are just jammed in my tiny hotel here in New York. I visited you and I couldn't be any happier. This oh my is, God. <laughs> I couldn't be any happier. Dude, how's it going? You came in on your scooter. You squeezed me into <laughs> your schedule. And we finally have you on the freaking podcast. Well, I've wanted to be on this for so freaking long. Really? I Yeah. I kind of can't believe it. I'm bummed that Alejandro's not here. I know. But, um, I, he's Alex, he's in California. Baddies for the listening. Um, he's over there and couldn't make it. But I'm in New York with Otis, and we were able to meet up with you, man. Yeah. Yeah, Otis, say what's up. What's up? Yeah. So for the listeners out there, if you guys don't know who Austin Scott is, Austin is one of mine and Alejandro's best friends since high school. And we did improv together. We performed with each other. And we've kept in touch ever since, which is a a rare thing for people in our late 20s. It's hard to do. It's like really hard to do, especially because I'm just like such a shit friend to begin with. (laughs) So I'm just like, it's really hard. Like, I am just so bad about like checking in with people on a regular basis. And just like my memory is horrible just about all things. And so that's just like. Yeah, just just makes me not not the best friend, but I try I try really hard. Well, I mean it's extremely difficult when you live across the country. Yeah. We lived in Benicia and you you moved to LA and I'm sure it was already difficult to keep up with people in yeah. your early 20s when you lived in LA. Yeah. And then you moved even further away. You're here on the East Coast. Time is different. It's hard yeah. for me to <laughs> text people and understand that oh it's like way earlier in the West Coast. And the days are so much shorter here. It's like, we, there's just like so fewer hours in the day. I don't like, I just, I wake up and I have all of this shit to do. And then all of a sudden the day is over and I have the next day with all this shit to do. And it's like, it's always just a series of like, this is all the shit I have to do in this day. Mm-hmm. And I never get through it all. I never get right. through it all. So there's always stuff that I'm like, that I'm putting off. Are but- you a stressed person? I think that there's kind of like an all a constant low level mm-hmm. anxiety kind of underneath the surface. Gotcha. Um, I don't think I used to be, but I think, yeah, it's kind of just become about like learning how to live with that like low level anxiety and try mm-hmm. and like try and stay as present and as grounded as I can. Um, and has that always has that low level of anxiety always existed since I've known you? I guess I don't feel like I had it so much in high school just because like in high school I was I don't know in high school I just had so fewer responsibilities you know what I mean and I just kind of like just did stuff and was just like the goofy dude and just like didn't think so much about everything and now like there's just so much shit that I'm just like always always thinking always planning but like still trying to stay present and yeah yeah, I don't know. It's a trip. I feel like this got really serious. <laughs> really fast. People would think if it's a so podcast serious. with me and you, it'd probably be like really funny. <laughs> I'm really excited for this funny episode of this with these two oh guys that we went to high school with. And it's real serious. But dude, I mean, I do want to say though, like one thing that's been really cool about just growing up and and like, you know, moving away and everything, like I really found 
the 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 friends who like I can get back together with, like yeah. you and like Alex, like like Otis, you know, where we can get back together after like not seeing each other for a year and a half, and yeah. it's like no time has passed. You know what I mean? Like that that to me is like a real true like friendship where it's like you can kind of just pick up where you left off and like that's really really i'm grateful for that and i know that there are a lot of people that we knew when we were younger that would say we're gonna stay friends forever we're gonna keep in touch groups of girls groups of guys that we knew and they don't talk anymore and this it's not like that there was any particular conflict it's just falling out does occur but like that doesn't mean you can't keep in touch right yeah because like we me and you we go months and months without talking because we're just busy yeah we we have our own stuff like we are full-fledged adults yeah now i feel like it also depends on like the direction in which you're growing right like holy shit this is so heavy (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry this is like the heaviest episode you've ever done but like it like, you know, you either grow together or you grow apart, right? Like some yeah. people just like grow in a similar direction and like they continue to vibrate at the same frequency and like yeah. that's, you know, that's dope. And I think that's how, you know, the friendship stays together. And then other times you just grow into like different people in different directions and like that's cool too. As long it as you're happens. growing. Exactly. As long as you're, yeah, as long like as you're Like it's moving. fine if you grow apart and if you really just are not, if your friendship is really not that compatible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because we only have so many years on this planet. Damn, this is heavy. <laughs> We only have so many years on this planet. How how did this happen? I don't know. I think I I asked you one question and it just snowballed. (laughs) I mean, well, just all in all, I'm I'm very grateful for our friendship. Me too, man. And it's we're going what probably like close to uh, like twelve, thirteen years of friendship. We're old. I feel. I mean. We are getting... We're so old. <laughs> What's happening? I think the late 20s, I think I'm actually... I feel like I'm in my prime. I know I feel like... Oh, hell yeah. We always say we're getting old, right? Right. Because time is passing. And when you get into a routine, uh, less memories are made. And when less memories are made, it just feels like time... <laughs> I know, but I read this. I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. I know. We're going there. Screw it. it. Let's just lean in. We're doing it. Let's lean into um, it. Yeah. It's like... This is fucking... What's, What's that guy's name? Into the Cosmos with... Oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson? Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah. yeah here we go. That was a terrible. <laughs> that was a terrible. I'm so sorry. Um, no, but I read that. Yeah, it's like you, you, when you're younger, everything is new and novel, and so your, your brain is like creating all these new circuits and everything like that, and that's why time feels like it's stretched. But as yeah. you get older, you're not doing that as much. Like you, you just said that. So, like- <laughs> <laughs> But now I said it, and so. You said it in a more articulate fashion. Um. It's so specifically that applies to our four short years in high school. High school feels like it's so long to a lot of people because every day is not routine. Yeah. Because you're young, you're making new friendships, you're working on old friendships, you're meeting uh, new people because you're getting new classes every single year. So we're making an extreme amount of memories. Yeah. And so that makes the four years feel very long. Yeah. But once you go into your normal job, with your career and you have a routine life, time just goes by. Exactly. And that's, it's, it is sad. It is very bittersweet that if you do have the luxury to hit a routine, right? Mm-hmm. Where like your life is not so conflicting, then that's great. Yeah. But also, I feel like it's a balance, right? Like it's, it's, yeah, enjoying that routine because it's very good for you, but then also like finding ways to keep it fresh and mix it up and like keep yourself on your toes. Like that's, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's the interesting way of going through life. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going to settle down? Are you going to come back? 
Where am I going to settle down? Um, my dream on, is to kind of like straddle both coasts and like, you know, be able to go back and forth. Gotcha. Um, but for right now, probably be, I'll be out here for a while because this is just like, it's where theater is, but it's also like there's there's more and more film and, and TV out here, which like I'm really, you know, I want to do, do more of. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, my girlfriend Alexa, like her family's out here and like my family is out in, in California. And so it's like, I'm like kind of trying to get them out here as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I want to I want to be able to like have have the ability to go out there like really often and like, you know, see them mm-hmm. um, as long as they're out there and like do some work out there. But then probably have this be like the home base. Does this feel like home? New York feels like home now. I'm getting used to it. I don't think I would choose this if I weren't um, if it wasn't for work. Like, yeah. if it, you know what I mean? I think I. I don't actually know where I'd be. I'd probably be in California, but I, who knows? I might be in some place like DC or something like that. I really like DC, but um, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting more and more used to it. I feel more and more like of this city every every year. Yeah. Um, now that I have like an electric scooter, <laughs> I feel like we had <laughs> one of those assholes. That's just like you know, we just hey! had lunch yesterday, and I did not <laughs> notice that you had an electric scooter and helmet next to you until yeah. you said goodbye. I was like. Is this your scooter? I've evolved, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> I've evolved. Because you're this like cool six foot four guy that you you present yourself like in a in a certain way, but it is so goofy. <laughs> we're just like, see you guys later. And you, you put on your helmet. And you're like, okay, we. Yeah. Yeah. I can't lie though. I feel really cool on it. I know I don't look cool. But I feel really, really cool. Really? Yeah. Mm. Just like the wind blowing in my non-existent hair. And just, I'm just like, <laughs> go. I feel like I'm going so fast and I'm not. I'm going like 10 miles an hour. How I fast does really that go? Safe one. Like 10 miles an hour. That's the I got. The, I got the really like safe, like, yeah. You can run faster than 10 miles okay. per hour, right? Is that possible? You can, but I, I'm not running all of New York. Oh, that's true. That's true. I mean, but Austin, look at those legs. Like one stride is about already 10 miles per hour. Yeah. I am like a gazelle, but... I have a leg length discrepancy, and so running is very hard for me. What is what's your leg length discrepancy? What is the one leg is shorter than the other? You're kidding? No, really? Yeah. Oh, that's why you always stand really cool. Mm-hmm. It is it is common, right? And it's like not even that much. I like say it all the time as an excuse for me not being a runner, but it's like half a centimeter. Okay, it's not even. It's, it's not, not even that a thing. bad. Yeah. You were like an athlete growing up, though. Did that like no. uh, did that make it difficult for you to play basketball and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean. I just like I always hated the sprints and all that stuff. Um, I mean, who loves them? I guess. But yeah. Yeah, it was never. It was always kind of harder for me, but um, it was fine. And then like yeah, when I got injured in the senior year, or junior, year, whatever that was, like I just like put my athletes days behind me, and now like was that your number one? Was like you are a creative in many different ways. You you have a lot of different passions, right? And I so mean, at the time, sport, basketball was one of them. What what was the order of your passions? Wow. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I liked basketball a lot. I think it got to a point where, like, when it started to get serious, like, when I was, like, on varsity and stuff, I was looking around. I was like, these people are, like, ballers. These are actual athletes. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was just kind of fun, like – you know, playing at Waters End Park over the yeah. the summer and stuff like that. Like that's what I really loved about basketball. So I think when I got to that level, I was like, oh, I don't think I want to do this long term. So it kind of slid back. But I think I was always like, acting was my first thing. Yeah. Um, 
I liked to sing, but I didn't ever put that first. Basketball was like was in there. But then like when I got injured, I think that's when I discovered like music actually to, you know, to like a real degree and I started like you know, doing the infamous E and T and the and about all to just that bring stuff. That up. I know. You know, I um, found that C D not too long ago. <laughs> and I was gonna I was gonna slap it, but I couldn't find a CD player. <laughs> we we were selling those things like crack. We were like, Hey yo, you heard this new jam? An infamous E and T dog. Twenty five bucks. We had the audacity to charge like twenty five dollars. Yo, was it twenty five bucks? We made in my garage. We had the audacity I think it was. It was like at least twenty. It was. Is maybe, it on Spotify still? It's still up, right? I don't know if it's on Spotify, but I know it's on like Apple Music and stuff like that. Damn. Yeah. Listeners out there, in- <laughs> listen to Infamous Ent. I'll on put, my mind. I'll put the on link up mind. in the description. That's the jam right there. Um, but yeah, shout out to like and like I mean like Scooter Douglas, Josh Johnson, like everyone I was doing that with, like Scooter and Josh, like they're they have like created this whole big music career of their own. Like they're so killing awesome. it in the Bay Area. Like that's it's really awesome. it's really 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 dope. And mm-hmm. I'm so like happy for them. It was dope what you guys were doing though. Yeah. For being however what were you sixteen or fifteen or sixteen yeah. when that was happening, I that is thinking at such an advanced level of creativity because the fact that you had access to be able to have a studio in garage in your garage because i was even i was even able to sing in there you, you like oh yeah oh dude i have all of there. those recordings like with you and kirsten and you mm-hmm. and jazz and oh i have everyone who has ever recorded in that i'm talking straight to you now i have your i have your things <laughs> he owns you us. will have to pay me to get oh, if we want it <laughs> yeah, no if you want me to destroy them or if you want them <laughs> back you know shit, you will pay dude. me no everything is good like that's what's so tr- such a trip like i go back through and i listen to it all and like there was so much talent in Benicia, mm-hmm. in Vallejo, like so much talent, like everything that people came through, like Dante did like his guitar, his guitar lick. And I did some, some recorded some stuff for like Nights on First. Remember that, that, yeah. that band with um, Garrett Reasoner and like everyone who came through there was just like so freaking talented. Yeah. At a it's, very young age. Yeah. But the hard thing about pursuing a career in the entertainment industry, whether it's music or acting or anything performative yeah you got you got to play that game you have to put yourself out there i mean like and you had to like grind and go above and beyond to really do the damn thing man yeah man it was yeah it was it was tough and like i mean that's to like take it back around like that's why i'm so grateful to like you and otis and like people who have like stuck it out with me because you know i definitely like when I shifted my focus into like more of that stuff and like when I moved to LA, like I did lose lose touch with a lot of people and like I feel bad about that. You know what I mean? Like I know I did I did what I had to do to like go after what I was what I was going for, but you know, at the same time, like I hate feeling like some people feel I like left them behind, you know what I mean? Or like mm. I didn't like stay connected, um but and stuff like that, you know? To add on to that and to defend maybe your insecurities with thinking that <laughs> I think that those that should stick around in your life when you're making these strides with the with your career and what you want to do in life those that should stick around are the ones that understand yeah that there is an, a certain amount of absence that needs to be taken because it's you don't want to spread yourself thin yeah you don't want to kind of be there for a friend when you don't have the time or the energy because you'll just be a, a shitty friend yeah because all you need is just like one conversation after months of not speaking to each other 
and it brings you right back. Yeah. And it's like nothing ever happened. And that is so cliche to say, but it's, <laughs> you know, cliches are cliches for reasons because they're they're tried and true, right? True. True. Yeah. Because every yeah. time I see you, I, I it, it does bring me back. I feel like I. It makes me, you make me young again. <laughs> <laughs> you make me feel brand new. <laughs> really? Because I'm like, oh, it's Austin. I, I I'm going to be a goofball today. <laughs> Even just like talking outside the theater, like last night, like we just slide right back into that where we just like, just dumb as shit and yeah. just like, you know, just, just have fun. And I love that. I love that. I do have that. a few uh, notes for you as a friend. Give it to me. Be shorter please every listen time. i can't tell you how many times i've gotten my knees done and like they just can't take any more any more inches off just walk around on your knees man <laughs> just just take them off dude when you go on that scooter don't even go on there with your feet yeah go like put your knees on the scooter okay scoot short all right scoot short <laughs> <laughs> well cuz it's uh I, every time I hug you, it's like your collarbone's just right in my face, man. <laughs> You're so insecure about your hugs, but you give great hugs. With Yesterday, like normal like, height people. I'm sorry I was doing this. But if you like wrap your arm up around my like shoulder and then like grasping. I, I've never been hugged like that before. I just want to really climb nice. you. I can. I well, want to climb you. <laughs> well, it's it's. It's it's nice to feel climbed. I appreciate it. It's nice to feel climbed. All right, we're going to clip that. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Um, we have a lot of memories together. Something I was thinking about, something that I always think about when I think of you or like a story that I like to tell if someone brings us up is, oh, there was this one time we had improv practice at uh, my house because mm. that's where we used to have it. And you would come early sometimes because you're extremely punctual. And my mom would always feed us. You sound like me. And she got us a uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. And yeah. you didn't eat any, but I had a plate full of chicken, and I looked at you, and I said, um, should I eat all this skin? <laughs> <laughs> and Why did like, you ask me? Because <laughs> I looked up to you. I mean, like it seems like you made better decisions in life <laughs> at the time. <laughs> and you were like, Christian, no. <laughs> Don't do it. So I put it away. I probably wouldn't be here today if I ate all that skin. I'm sorry. You could have eaten the skin. No, man. Why. No why one should I eat that skin. that joy? No, you saved me from like extra cholesterol, oh bro. God. Also, why did I not eat fried chicken? There was fried chicken in the house and I didn't sound you like probably, me probably, I don't know. Were you probably watching your figure? Spaghetti. Oh, that's right. I did love spaghetti. Yeah, my mom made a lot of spaghetti. That is true. That was, that was a fun time. Do you still, I mean, it's probably been a while since you've done comedy improv of any well, sort. Well, I was huh? just going to say like, do you... I'm not funny anymore. I'm funny, but like, I'm not funny anymore. Are you fishing for a compliment right no, now? No, no, no. I'm literally not. I'm like, like, listen, I'll make a joke or whatever in life and it'll be fine. But like in high school, like we used to do improv. Like we were up yeah. on stage and like, you know, we, that was like what we did. And like somehow I like moved to L.A. I started like working in film and TV and stuff and like they just decided that I was this like certain type, this like dramatic actor or whatever. So like I didn't do any any mm. comedy, anything for like a really long time. And then one day like I did uh, audition for something funny and I was just like, I'm not funny. <laughs> like I forgot oh, how to be funny. Like it's just such an interesting thing. I, I, I can be funny, but it's just like I've lost that, that, just like wild and crazy, like free, not thinking about it yeah. thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure if I like got back into improv, it would it would come back. But I think it's a yeah, muscle it's that you have to like work out, right? Yeah, totally. And since you are mainly a, a dramatic actor as of like late for the mm -hmm. for the longest time, right? 
Well, even in your everyday interactions, do you feel funny? Like, not even in a performative <laughs> sense, or but are you just morbid? All, all no, day? I'm not morbid at all. Like, no, I'm funny in in real life. I think it's just like when it comes time to do something funny, like on camera or something like that. I just like overthink it in a way that I never did before. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's like I I now think about comedy as this like mathematical equation. Because I've like worked with some really, really great comedians who talk about it that way, but somehow it just like it took away the just like trusting my impulses of it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, and it's just like a yeah, it's just been an interesting, an interesting like process. Just going from I feel like a lot of people who watch this probably remember me as this like funny you know whatever guy, and like I'm still funny, but I just yeah, I've just like changed in that way. Yeah, it's, you know. Well, I think there's a lot of different factors. There's like, what is the balance? Let's say if you're going to do comedy as performance, what is the balance between it completely being an innate skill yeah. and it being a mathematical science? There's right. a science to everything. Right? right. And then you don't want it to lean one way or the other, because if it's completely innate with no structure, then it's probably chaotic. Right. Right. But if it's too mathematical and too like thought out, it could be great, but also it like, could strip away it the gets fun. Restricted. It. Yeah. 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 I totally. remember you told me you were doing some improv down in LA for a little bit, right? I did for a minute. And yeah. you did not you didn't enjoy it because it was a little too structured, I right? I think that's where it started. Yeah. Like I, I did that and, and all of a sudden it wasn't just playing improv games and like being funny and just like doing the most to get the laugh. You know what I mean? Like it became like this is highbrow, this is medium brow, this is lowbrow humor. Mm. Like never do the lowbrow humor. You know, uh it's this this is funny, but it it shouldn't be funny. And like it just got really kind of I don't know, highfalutin, you know yeah. what I mean? And like, I think that that kind of started me down that road of like thinking of it as something more than just fun and just like trusting your instincts and just like being goofy, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. I think you, I'm like on the couch right now, you know, like I'm like in therapy session, <laughs> I guess. But like, you, like I've, I'm, I think it's not so much that I, I don't feel funny anymore as like my relationship to comedy has changed. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, that's such a good way to put it. Because I feel the same way with my comedy as I've grown up. Because I've done more improv with uh, different troops, mm -hmm. um, and I've learned a lot. And I remember back in the day when I was doing improv back at the high school, I became the funny fat Filipino guy, mm. and I I loved it. Right, my my jersey for my improv uh, shirts literally said "obese." Which is just a play on which words. Which is of extremely like, problematic. Like <laughs> the fact that, right? Well, and mine was side door. Why was your side door? It was a double joke. One was that I always <laughs> came to rehearsal through the side door, right? <laughs> but somebody always was like, yeah, and also you're black. What? Yeah. That what? was the whole, yeah. That's wild. Do you remember this? Yeah, it was this whole like kind of like secret joke of like, we're like poking fun of the fact that like I was like the only black guy on the team at that point. Mm. And like I was totally on board for it, but like looking back, there's a lot of problematic shit about both of our Hell both of yeah. our things. Well, and like David's was like more man because <laughs> he was Mormon. <laughs> you know, he's Mormon. And he was like more man. It Wait, was, did he choose that? I mean, it's I okay. All, I guess if he chose, we all I think. Well, I don't know. Did you chose? Did you chose choose yours? I chose mine, but someone else gave it to me prior to that. Someone I'm was, sorry. I walked into <laughs> a classroom. So problematic. Uh, Maddie Long. I walked into a classroom and she was like, oh, beast. Oh. <laughs> I was like, 
I honestly i'm kind of fine with it i've been called like worse and it's kind of dope at the time but i feel like humor was more forgiving back in the early 2010s right yeah and now political correctness has entered uh the industry like with a storm and so it's easy to get like canceled man well that's such a good like another thing i don't think i've really thought about much is like when when we were doing improv everyone was like 17 16 17 years old like it's a whole different thing that people find funny than when you get into your 20s and you get into this more like adult mature humor and like of course it's different of course it's not gonna feel gonna feel the same yeah it's not no no longer comedy is no longer just about funny voices or like hey look at me look at me look at me right? right or like doing a a prat fall on stage to get some attention, right? right? Um, now it is really about structure, timing, yeah. references, yeah. pop culture, which is all beautiful. Like if you do uh, master and can hone that skill of being yeah. able to take this information and put it out. Yeah. No, I mean I've worked with some like really, really incredible people, like Lori Tanshin, who is this? She's on uh, Nora from the Queens right now. She plays the grandma, mm. and like some other just really incredible like comedic actors. But I remember I. I was doing a show with them and they would we would have a preview for an audience they would try something like a you know try a joke the audience would would laugh but the laugh would like die after like three seconds and they're like hmm i think if i hold a half second longer on this and then like throw my hand up here and then like add a slight inflection to this world word i think we can get the the rolling laughter that'll mm. you know kind of keep going and then trigger a second laugh and Whoa. then they did it the second night and exactly what they said was going to happen happened and like that was me being like wow there really is a science to this yeah. you know what i mean and there are there are people out there the comedic actors that have really mastered that mm-hmm. um and it's 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 really cool to see i just i think i realized that like i'm not so much interested in that kind of comedy you know what i'm saying because that's breaking it down to a whole other level yeah that's at that point if you could do that because i i think stand-up comedy it has a lot of similar uh structure in terms of like honing the inflection the delivery what words do you use the verbiage right yeah to be able to predict the laugh yeah and i I'm trying to get into it. I told uh, some of the listeners on previous podcasts that I've done some open mics and I've bombed and like, and I've done all right on some, but that is a completely different muscle to work out on as opposed to like the improv muscle. Yeah, totally. Totally. I have so much respect for anybody who even attempts stand up comedy. To me, that is like the most terrifying thing in the world. Like we do this thing at the end of the show where it's like we do the Broadway care speech where we collect for, um, for Broadway Cares, which is like a you know foundation that helps people, and I'm terrified about it. I've only done it like once in mm-hmm. like the three years that I've been on Broadway. I've done it like once, and I just was so nervous. I was like, "What if I try and make a joke and they don't laugh, and then I forget all my words, like all oh, what I'm gonna say after that?" <laughs> like it's so you just glitch and freak out. Yeah, it's like so terrifying to me. So I have so much respect for that. Like, give me a script. And I'm like good to go. Like I'm fine. Mm. But like, like, put me up there, and like, ask me to, to, to like say a script, but, but feed off the audience and make it funny. I don't know. I lost my make train of thought. Funny. <laughs> she was like, make it funny. Yeah, it's like that's the hardest direction ever. <clears throat> like it it's is. it's easy to be funny in an environment where you're not expected to be funny. Yeah. But once you're put into this 
place where like, oh, this guy's funny. Like, it's it's the whole thing of like, oh, uh, Christian, I heard you uh, you do stand up. Uh, don't yeah. don't be a be, joke. Be, be funny, be funny. And, and then well, you say something they're like, well, that wasn't funny. No, we expected <laughs> something funny. And it's like, so, which but improv. There's a lot of forgiveness because the audience is in on the joke that we're making this up on the spot, baby. <laughs> right? There's and like with with stand up, right? You've got a joke. You say the joke. If it doesn't land, that's it. You gotta move on. It didn't land. In improv, you can do something. If it doesn't get a joke, you can be like, yeah <laughs> i'm gonna be even bigger and now i'm just gonna be ridiculous and then you laugh at that and it's like there we go like yes. you can kind of keep going until you get it whereas like with stand-up or like you know any other scripted comedy it's like you you get the chance and it either lands or it falls you flat. get the chance you try to deliver the joke you <laughs> mm-hmm. hit the punchline, and people are like that's what you've been working on <laughs> As opposed to like improv is just like, oh, it's okay because we're we're in on, we're in on yeah. it together, right? Yeah. And then like you could laugh at yourself during improv, break character. People fucking love that. Yeah. Um, and it's it's always been the safe place for me. And uh, but stand up, I think what we're used to is team based performance. Like yeah. everything you do, like you're on stage. That's true. Somebody else has your back. Like that, you're not alone. Yeah. That's a that's a big part of it too that's so true do you favor uh live performance over uh film and tv what you think um i think just like naturally i'm more of like i'm more inclined to film and tv just because like my voice is naturally softer i i kind of prefer like the subtlety to like the projection you know what i mean that mm-hmm. like you do with theater so i think I don't know. I like them both. And I like my my goal is to to do both, to be like, you know, like Denzel Washington or Hugh Jackman or some, you know, Viola Davis, like who go who comes back, does like four months of a Broadway show. And like, that's it. And they go and they do, you know, their film and TV and stuff like that. So that's like that's what I'm shooting for. Um, That's yeah, that's the dream. And I I think you're going in the right direction, man. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure you already know, but like we're also proud of you. It's um. Uh, something that you you're you're very inspiring to all to all of us back at home like this podcast I do because I'm living that routine life that makes my life go fast man I hear you. and that's like it makes me very emotional and it's uh and so doing this is like my my creative outlet and I've said this before but they're time capsules yeah like I don't give a fuck that how many people watch this on YouTube how many people listen to this the numbers of course they might hurt my ego for a quick second but me in like 10, 20 years, whatever I am, like if I'm a, if I have a family and like if I'm just like not even living in California, I could always look back at these. These are yeah. immortalized. This conversation is now forever immortalized. Yeah. And I'm so happy that we did this because you're you're such a good friend to me, and I don't like I not I don't interview friends. I just have a conversation, man. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. This yeah. is what this is. No, I love it. I love it. And that's why I like it's yeah, it's it's so dope to just be able to come on and just like just just talk about like personal stuff, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like so often like I'm talking about I'm talking about Broadway, I'm talking about the work or I'm talking about yeah. uh, you know, racism on Broadway and in the entertainment yeah. industry. And I'm just like talking about all these like things that are very very heavy and I don't necessarily get to talk about like me with somebody who knows me you know yeah. what I'm saying like that's so 
I'm so grateful for that opportunity and like grateful just to just to have a conversation with you on or off camera, man. It's, it's yeah, dude. You know, I really Absolutely. appreciate it. I'm no, this is a it's man. It's making me emotional. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. When <laughs> Don't I wa- cry. <laughs> when I watched your show <laughs> last night and it's fucking amazing so good oh, but i was so sad dude it is such i know anybody who's gonna come and see it just know it is very sad it is such a good show the company is incredible but it is it's heavy it's heavy yeah man it like it made, made me think about my life it really just that's when i started having these thoughts of like damn dude life is so short because essentially what the show is about it's a glimpse into these misfortunate lives right mm. just like a, a glimpse yeah and it made me think about like Damn, like what's what's some what's a glimpse into my life? What am I doing to make like my family proud? Because that seems like it's mm. a that's a theme in the show, right? And then I've uh, I've talked about this before, and I've uh, um, I once recorded uh, a cover of "You Don't Know Me" for mm. uh, just to throw on Instagram, and I showed my mom the audio, and she when she listened to it, I she looked so proud. She like closed her eyes, and it like made me made me cry and like i think what watching these shows that have these great lessons they like they provide you with uh i don't know they just make you analyze life and i think i think we're all just trying to make someone proud yeah man. wow yeah. that's beautiful i think we're all just trying to make someone proud and you may i mean i want to put you in touch with the marketing team because that's like we needed that's a beautiful that's like a, such a beautiful takeaway from the show dude i totally you yeah have my information i totally <laughs> <laughs> you have my information. No, I totally feel that. Who it was there a character that you felt particularly that you like resonated with? At one point it was Gene, who was the son. Mm. And it was the there was he has an interaction with Nick, yeah. his father, about like getting a job. And that made me think about like how much my dad pushed me to get this piece of paper to get a job. Mm. And that made me think about like when my dad cried when I graduated and I never see my dad cry. Mm. And I was like, man, I hope I'm a good son. Oh yeah. my God, you're an incredible son. Are you kidding Thanks. me? Thank you. I have okay. seen you with your parents. Dude, you're an incredible son, man. Thanks. And you too, you have such a, such a solid support system from your family. I think yeah, it was different than that. like Asian culture where they pushed me to do this, that route, but they... They supported you to do this. Yeah, man. I've always been really grateful for that. I mean, since I was a kid, like I've been doing this for a long time. Like I've only recently started to like work at the commercial level, really. I mean, in the past like five, six years. But like when I was a little kid, they would like drive me to L.A. to do freaking auditions for like cheap at commercials and and uh, like Britney Spears music videos. And like, you know, to be to be extras in movies and stuff like that. They would like drive me there to do that stuff. And so like they've always been so 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 supportive so giving and so like you know sacrifice so much of their time um to help me like follow this dream really yeah appreciate it and that's that's amazing and they've always taken me in like i was one of their own oh they love you and that's awesome yeah tell them i say hi i hate you otis Please. but they love, <laughs> they love you we're half of the same person no. <laughs> otis how are do- we doing on time i'm real quick i just don't want him to be 10 minutes okay, okay awesome. oh yeah i'm fine I do want to say though, like every single person that like meets y'all, they just walk away. They're always just like, I love them. Really? Like, they're so just like good energy, like sweet people. And like, it's, it's true. Like y'all have, y'all have like held on to that light because it's so much a part of who you are. And Truth really time. Cool. Give it to me. Um, sorry to interject. No. Um, does Lexa like me? 
Yes, Alexa is one of the. She's the most recent person who has said this, which is why I'm saying it now. Really? She just met y'all. Oh, okay. well, she she's met you a while ago, but she just met you last night. Um, I get so yeah, insecure because she has such good energy. I'm like, <laughs> oh, she likes me. I was like, she is awesome. <laughs> I think she no, could she read souls, and I feel like she might be like reading into like my insecurities and my flaws. And I'm like, I, I she can't. Hope you like she can't read souls, but she yeah. she's deemed you worthy. She, wow. has, she has seen you at that your core. Is- <laughs> <laughs> she, deems, she deems you worthy. <laughs> okay, that's scary. That's scary. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm cool off of that. <laughs> what's one of your favorite memories from like back home like with with all of us I oh think. man favorite memories i mean just like anything around improv but like the first things that come to my mind are like improv like lunch in that like quad area with the stairs like i remember you were you were there all the time and like you know we would just just sit and like do weird things and dance um and stuff like that those are great memories, like playing basketball at Waters End Park. Nice. Um, football games. Oh, yeah. Are great memories. Um, just like walking down First Street and just. You Man, know, that was the thing to do. Yeah. It was, it was really. There's, you know, I think when you're growing up in Benicia, you're like, oh, there's nothing to do here, you know, in, in Vallejo. But like, as you grow older, you realize that was, that was a cool place to grow up. You know what I mean? Like, there was yeah. enough, there was enough going on. Um, but it was like, you know, there wasn't so much going on that it was like overload. Like it was the perfect blend, I think, between Vallejo and Benicia of like small town vibe, but still like, you know, things happening. Yeah. Um, Benicia's kind of changed. I don't know. I have noticed. Did you go downtown when you went back? Yeah, I've been downtown. I don't know. It just feels like, I don't know. How would you describe, how would you describe getting more hipster? It's getting more hipster, yeah. I feel like there's like more wealthy people coming out. There's like yeah. a little more like I feel like Trump brought some Ooh, energy out in the city, maybe that I just like don't really remember being there. Um, Solano does is the highest Trump supporter. Is it Solano really? Which is shocking to me, actually. Like oh, I shit, always I felt like that. it was pretty liberal growing up, but like for I don't the know, most part, California. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's like there's like an undercurrent of something that I've just noticed when I've gone back that I don't really remember being there so much. I mean, your perspective is important because um, it's like looking in a mirror. I, I look at my own face every single sure, day. Sure, it's see hard any to see. Yeah, but like yeah. you, you're, you're seeing me uh, for the first time in months. Yeah, and, um, and part <laughs> of it, no. great analogy. <laughs> and I'm pretty, right? Exactly, exactly. I look good, right? You're beautiful, Kristen. You're beautiful. No, I mean, and like a part of it too is like most of the people that I knew. Or them that knew me, I think, are either gone or, like, you know, they're not necessarily who I'm seeing. I think a lot of people have, like, moved into the town. And so, like, that's part of it, I think, is I just don't know people as much there. So it just feels really different. But, you know, I mean, I also hear just, like, all the stuff over, like, masks and, you know, vaccination and stuff. And, like, all the arguments that have happened in town around that. And I'm just like, really? In in Benicia? Like, that's interesting. You wouldn't think it would happen yeah nowadays like everything's divisive yeah everything is divisive it used to just be like pictures on facebook of whether or not this looks teal or green yeah right <laughs> but now it's <laughs> dress gold or black <laughs> that's all it is gold or black <laughs> yes and then now it's gone to i mean we talked about this yesterday but like it's it leads to high, uh potential uncomfortable conversations with those that you've loved that you've just respected for from very very early on and yeah. i understand like having a difference in an in a opinion but like where is that line and like if is your opinion harmful to those that are innocent right 
and it's it's easy to lose grasp of reality yeah. when you are backed up by like-minded people, yeah. even if it might be a morally unjust opinion. Yeah. It's a... Yeah. Damn. Dude, I, I know we're just like chopping it up, but you're an incredible host, man. You're Thanks, really, dude. really great. Like, Thank you. Interviewer and just like, this isn't an interview, but just like, you're a great host. You're so I, good at this. Dude, that means a lot <laughs> coming from you. I, I'm just trying to... I'm just a... <clears throat> I'm just a curious mind. I love it. I just, I will ask questions. I've, I've been uh, made fun of about like my lack of filter when I meet people or like when I'm talking to friends, cause I'll just ask questions that pop up. Mm-hmm. But I think it brings out the best in people, even yeah. if it's just like an out of, like an out of nowhere question. Yeah. And you just yeah. create like a safe space. It's just like very, you know, people feel comfortable around you. That's, really? That's even skill. in this like hotel? Yeah, of course. 100%. No, okay. it's, it's, it's great. This is... Well, dude, I... I just, like, I've just wanted to be on this for so long. I'm so, like, glad that this this worked out. And, like, definitely when I come back, I want to do yes. it again. So do it in the actual with, like, studio. in the studio and everything like that. Yeah. Do you have any um, words for Alejandro <clears throat> before we get out of here? I hate you. You're terrible. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I miss you so, so, so much. I love you. I can't wait to see you soon. Um, hope you're doing well, man. That's awesome. He'll appreciate it when he hears this. Um, we don't want to keep you too long because we know that you have, like, a... You have like a, a tight schedule, so like we'll start wrapping it up. Um, baddies, you guys know where to find Austin. He's performing here in New York on Broadway. Watch his show, Girl from North Country. It is fucking incredible. Um, and uh, if you really want to, your emotions to to be hurt, watch it. <laughs> to be hurt. <laughs> if you want your emotions to be hurt. If you just want to feel something like really, really well, that that's a show to watch. Also. Follow him on Instagram. Uh, he and Lexa do some silly stuff on their stories. Um, okay. And you can follow him at Austin Scott 93 You can follow me at Christian Azazma. That's Otis over there. Uh, Picks by underscore OP. And uh, yeah, hell yeah, dude. Real quick, we usually do this on the show. Bring it. Um, I want you to look into the barrel of the camera. Leave the listeners with uh, with just like a piece of advice. And then we're going to push a into A piece of advice. Yeah. Drink eight glasses of water a day. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Remember to drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> I will say, though, I, I, I when I was on tour with Hamilton, I ended up in the hospital, I think, two or three times because of dehydration. Just like my kidneys like literally stopped functioning <laughs> because I was so dehydrated. So I actually do drink drink your water. But, um, oh, my God, I don't know. This is, like, way too preachy or whatever. But just, like, it means, it means a lot to me. It's something that I loved hearing. It was just, like, Everyone has their own time. Everyone has their own lane. And just, like, keep your eyes on your own paper and just, like, you know, what's someone else's time, what's for someone else is for them. And it's, you know, may not be for you, but, like, your time will come. Just, like, have faith and keep going. So good. (laughs) So good. What a... What an episode. <laughs> what an episode. Yo, this is, uh, this is awesome. Thank okay. you so much for having Austin, me. Austin, thanks so much for joining us. Um, yeah. I love you. Until next time, because there will be a next time Absolutely. on or off camera. Um, baddies, you guys uh, know what to do. Check out the website. Um, and tune on Thursday for an, or on Friday for another movie episode. We'll talk to you later. Everyone say bye. Bye. bye.
Baddies, thank you for listening. We uh, are brought to you by companies like M3 is 3D. And if you want to get more information about them, click their link in the description below. If you want to learn a little bit more about us, see some old episodes, buy some merch, check it out on icbtb.com. Of course, you can always get in contact with us there and on our socials at ICBTB Podcast. And that's good stuff. <laughs> thank you.